Hi, this is Jason Graves, host of The Blazing Grace Show. I'd like to introduce you to a product that I firmly believe should be used in every home in America. It's called SafeEyes. SafeEyes is the only software you'll need to protect you and your family from inappropriate content on the Internet. Over the last couple of years, I've tried several products and have never found anything as fast, effective, and affordable as SafeEyes. I now only use SafeEyes, and I recommend it to everybody I talk to all over the country. You don't have to take my word for it, though. SafeEyes was recently ranked as the number one internet filtering software by the most well-known product testing company in America, alongside 10 other products. No credit cards are necessary. To start your 15-day risk-free trial today or to learn more about SafeEyes, visit their website at SafeEyes.com or call toll-free 877-944-8080. You'll be glad you gave SafeEyes a try. I know I sure am. That's SafeEyes.com, 877-944-8080. Counselors, business owners, nonprofits, and trainers, you need unlimited flat-rate conference calling? Then call our good friend Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, where his teleconferencing service allows you to conduct unlimited calls for one flat monthly fee. That means no more per minute, per person charges. Go to AffordableConferencing.com or simply call toll-free 888-968-6186. He saved Jason and Rob thousands. That's Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, 888-968-6186. They're proud to bring you today's broadcast. Now it's time for this week's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your host, Rob McIntyre, Jason Graves, and Mike Janung. It's sponsored by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes. Thanks for tuning in to The Blazing Grace Show, where we cover blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Now, here's your hosts, Rob, Jason, and Mike. Thanks for tuning in to the Blazing Gray Show. This is Jason Graves along with Mike Janung. Uh, of course, Mike, uh, we're missing Rob again this week due to jury duty. Isn't that a bummer? Serving his country. <laughs> well, listen, I want to get right to the show here today because we're going to be talking about female sex addiction because we've had more requests for this kind of a show than any other show. And so I want to introduce Michelle. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for being willing to come on board and just talk about this issue and, and, and your uh, experience with it. But let me just tell you a little bit about what's going on for you listeners who may not be as familiar with female sex addiction because many people think sex addiction uh, is just a men's problem. But the truth is that there are many women in the church who struggle with it as well. In fact, uh, in a survey that today's Christian woman took of its readers, 34% of women admitted to intentionally accessing internet pornography. Uh, according to Internet Filter Review, one out of three visitors to a porn site is a woman. That is amazing to me. Now, today we have with us a lady here who has had her own struggle with sexual addiction. And Michelle, I'm just wondering if you can share a little bit about what that looked like for you. Um, well, I started um, viewing porn as in sexual abuse when I was a child at the ages of three and four, and that continued through my teenagers. And then as I uh, got into my teenagers, I started acting out sexually with people, and that continued through uh, to the early 20s till I got married. Mm. And so it um, definitely escalated mm-hmm. during that time. Um, once I got married, uh, it just came out in masturbating. I didn't act outside the marriage, so... I didn't really think that I had a problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, it wasn't until 
I went to marriage counseling and we were going to work on my husband's sexually acting out that I realized that I had way more issues than he did. Wow. Yeah. Like, welcome to the club, right? Yeah. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Here's your membership card and the laminating machines in the back, right? Right. <laughs> How did you get a hold of pornography at the age of four? I was sexually abused. I was shown. That mm. was part of the abuse. Right. Right. And that's fairly common amongst women. Uh, what are the statistics you're aware of around that? Um, it's really pretty high. Um, one in every four women are usually um, or have been sexually abused. And um, just uh, in the groups that I've done, I think that the numbers are probably way higher than oh, uh, yeah. even that statistic there. Well, as I know from just doing therapy with people that sexual abuse or sexual trauma doesn't always have to be abusive in the legal sense. Mm -mm. I mean, these can be normal childhood exploration kind of incidences, playing house, playing doctor, mm -hmm. that sexualized an individual at an early age before they were ready. And as a result, they started to see themselves as a, as a sexual object rather than a person. Isn't that right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Wow. Well, Michelle, I'm just wondering, um, at what point, obviously, you went uh, with your husband and then it kind of woke up to this need in your own life. But what point and in what form did you get that help? And when did it start to finally click for you? What happened to make you understand that this is something that was going to take me more than just a few sessions in therapy to overcome? Um, well, after I was separated from my husband for a while, um, I started having masturbating issues again myself. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the things that excuse me, that I was very upset about my husband, you know, having that issue. And so I had to basically come clean in the group that I was going to. And um, in that particular group, no one had been talking about that. And after I set my own consequences for acting out, I uh, had almost every person in the group call me personally the next week to address those issues privately with me. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, now that I lead groups, we talk about it regularly, and it's a pretty big issue with mm -hmm. a lot of women. Talk a little bit about those groups, because you've been doing quite a few for quite a while. You were doing groups before you worked on this issue, and you were finding even some prevalence in those groups. Oh, yeah. Um, we do a lot of, like, um, codependency work, and we do uh, love addiction, mm -hmm. um, just all different types of addiction type of issues and symptoms, but um, a lot of the bottom line issues are the uh, sexual and relationship addiction with mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. What are you uh, calling love addiction? Love addiction is when it's a lot like uh, codependency, but you can, um, women usually have to have a relationship and they can like sabotage the relationship, but there's always a constant, they usually haven't been by themselves. Um, or, uh, I don't know, that's probably, it's mostly that they always, they can't be outside of a relationship or they start spiraling or mm -hmm. choose another addiction avenue to go. Mm -hmm. Why is it they, that they don't want to be outside of a relationship or without one? Um, it's usually like a fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now I'm interested because... Uh, I know that men have a hard time dealing with the shame and opening up with their struggles with lust, but is it even harder for women to do this, especially amongst uh, other Christian women? Oh, definitely. That's, that's. I think it's harder actually in the church. Um, I think society in general 
um, has kind of okayed that this is a men's issue and, you know, all men do this. And um, even though that's not a biblical view, it's society's view. And with women, if you do it, um, women tend to get the big scarlet letter A. Mm -hmm. And so it's very hard, I think, for women to talk Mm -hmm. about any type of sexual issues. Yeah. It's like uh, women, I know my wife has talked about how women are kind of taught to be the good girl. You know, and, and if you do have problems, you don't talk about them. And, you know, and, and, and so it, otherwise you're just ostracized or, or something like that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of masks. Mm. Okay. Well, I've received a number of emails from women this year reminding me that sex addiction isn't a men's only problem. And I often hear that women are struggling with masturbation and wanting to find a safe place to go to to talk about it. But there are few women support groups in this area. Has this been your experience? Uh, yeah, but that's changing. Mm-hmm. We're doing a leadership training programs right now. Um, just over at Heart to Heart, where I'm doing groups now, um, there will be a lot more groups, and we have quite a few right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Tell us a little bit about those groups, you know, in terms of here in the Colorado Springs area, um, what they look like in terms of numbers of women coming. Uh, maybe if you want to talk about the time for those of our local listeners here uh, who need a group like that and a safe place. Uh, of course, they're all held at the Heart to Heart Center. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, that's 50, 5080 Mark Dabbling Boulevard right here in the Springs. What are the times on those groups? Well, we have a Monday night group at 6 o'clock. We have a Tuesday noon group and a Tuesday evening group. And the Tuesday is 6 o'clock also. Okay. And if I were to just show up to one of these groups, what could I expect to see? Uh, how many women, what types of, of, of populations are you dealing with, and what kind of things would I expect to be talking about? Um, usually when somebody comes the first time, uh, they don't have to participate, so they can kind of observe if they would like just to see what's going on, and that makes them feel a little bit more comfortable. And we, um, different groups use different workbooks. Um, we do, like, partners of sex addicts. We do the codependency, love addiction, the female sex addiction. So there's different workbooks that are worked in each of the groups. Um, we can have from 10 to 25 people. And we do weekly groups, so it's ongoing. Um, they can, um, there's homework that you do in, in the workbooks. People do check-ins. Um, you can set up consequences. And we... Um, really teach people how to form, especially women, that take off their mask and mm-hmm. form relationships. Wow. Awesome. And, you know, I'm, I'm just realizing that, um, you know, as you've already established, you know, women acting out sexually has much more to do with, with relationships or emotional affairs uh, as compared to men who can, you know, easily act out with just porn alone. What does that look like when it comes to things like, romance novels and, and the things like that type of material. Is that female porn? Uh, yeah, it definitely can be. Um, I actually had an issue with that, um, even with Christian female novels, um, just as a, a supplement of emotional, you know, getting my emotional needs met because they weren't being met in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that definitely can be an issue. And I know... You know, if it's not a Christian, it's a secular book that I've heard that they get. You could just be reading, you know, a porn magazine. Mm-hmm. 
I'm hearing more and more stories of women who found out that their husband was a sex addict, and then they went out and since he did it, it's okay for me to go ahead and do this to find comfort here. Yeah. What would you say to the woman who's considering that? Um, it's definitely not a good road to go down. Um, mine actually, like with the internet stuff, started. Um, I was checking up on my husband um, to see what he was viewing online, and um, that's pretty much how I started getting hooked onto the internet porn. Hmm. Um, and then I think women, though, tend to get hooked in the chat rooms. Hmm. And it's more of that emotional thing and uh, meeting with people and the phone sex. It's usually women usually want like some kind of actual person tie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I've got a client whose wife, that's just occurring to me, may be dealing with, with some of this stuff. She's, um, you know, she's really into these reality TV shows to the point where she doesn't even much like to go outside the house She's on the computer and the TV much of the day. Uh, she has trouble making time for her husband to be intimate uh, with him, to go out on dates with him. Um, what would you say to somebody like that who called you? Um, well, I would probably address the isolation. Um, I'm just writing a manual right now, and that's one of the main issues of women today are more isolated than they ever have been, mm -hmm. which is amazing, but it's all of our communication devices mm -hmm. that really allow people, you can never leave your house and, mm -hmm. and not be around people. Mm -hmm. um, but it's an addiction. I mean, TV can be an addiction, you know, working, um, but there's a way out of that to establish, you know, healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. I have uh, friends that I will have from, for my whole life from my group mm -hmm. and a great support system. And I would never want to go back to being isolated. Yeah. The, the internet, the TV, the cell phone, it really is it, or can be a counterfeit connection. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're just tuning in, we're happy to have Michelle, a female sex addict, recovering sex addict on the show, talking about female sexual addiction and on the Blazing Grace show here on KGFT 100.7 and blazinggrace.org. And want to, of course, talk about this issue because we get a lot of requests for it, Michelle, and because there are women out there who, A, are not able to talk about it themselves, but not able to talk about it because society has, by and large, conditioned them that way, that, you know, you have to be a good girl and whatnot. I want to go back a little bit to how this has affected people in your life. And if you could just talk a little bit about your friendships and even the impact it's had on your children. Um, I definitely had uh, lived an isolated life. I basically had two lives, even though I wasn't acting out in my marriage, um, just because of my husband and I both having the addiction. Um, we had our church face, but we weren't really close with other people. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have a lot of uh, couple contact or outside friendships, either one of us. Um, as far as my... Um, children went, um, we're very open with my kids now. Um, my oldest son actually um, had an issue with internet porn also, and it, uh, and we've had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so I do think, um, you know, if one person in the house has it, a lot of times those issues, just because the internet's so access, 
accessible. And if you're not addressing those issues, it can come out mm -hmm. with everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how has it impacted your kids? Um, well, they're very aware of sexual issues now. Mm -hmm. And we're very open with um, anything about sex. I check in with my 16-year-old uh, about um, if he's masturbated, his thought life. Um, and I want to prevent them from having to go into any addiction issues. Mm -hmm. We actually joke about it a lot of times. Um, if my son, if he's masturbated more than like twice in a month, um, we'll talk about like, you know, someday he's going to be married. And if it ever got to the point where he was masturbating every day and he thinks he would stop when he would get married, that his wife's probably not going to want to like, you know, accommodate what his body's used to. Mm. And um, he'll always laugh and be like, I know that mom. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good for and you. So we, we really do discuss it. Quite in depth. Oh, you mean you you can talk to your kids about sex? Yeah. One of the things that actually helped with that is we did a book series on sex, and I actually started reading them books, which was uh, God's grace in itself. When my oldest was like three, and then every couple of years there's another book to read. Hmm. So um, that actually helped open up the doors when we started facing these issues. What series was that? Um, you know, I can't remember. But the if name people wanted hand. to email you, they could ask you about that, and you can yeah, look up. Yeah, if you if you want more information about the things we're discussing today, female sex addiction, recovery, talking to your kids about sex, email Michelle at s h e l s sunshine at yahoo dot com. That's shells sunshine at yahoo dot com, and. Michelle, I mean, you just have a lot to offer. How many people through either the phone or through by email or in your groups, how many people do you think you're working with right now total? Uh, hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely enough of Michelle to go around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, growing up, women hear about um, the knight in shining armor they're going to marry, you know, the romantic dream machine, the guy who's going to sweep him away and all this, and they marry him, and they find out he's broken, and he's a mess, and maybe he's got a problem with whatever, porn, drugs, sex addiction, whatever it might be. And for the, for the woman, isn't there kind of a, can there be a situation where she sees the man, makes him out to be an idol, kind of her God, and that has to be kind of... Yeah, we call that a spiritualizing or making your mate... Her spouse a god i definitely mm. did that um instead of trying to uh, follow god or please god i would try to follow my spouse mm -hmm. we, and we both got off track so instead of me being a helpmate and helping keep us on track i just kind of followed down the road mm -hmm. how do those unrealistic expectations for the man to be a god how does that that's actually part of love addiction mm. it's looking through those rose-colored lenses and uh, looking for the knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. and you kind of overlook everything in the beginning um, because it's that fear of abandonment again. Mm -hmm. You don't want to see something that, you know, face a reality that things aren't going to be perfect. Mm. And so you don't want to be disappointed. So you kind of overlook those things. Mm. So how does, how should a lady come to terms with the reality that she's married to a broken man? 
Um, I think like for us and our groups, we actually don't um, allow people to discuss their spouses too much. Mm. We start um, looking at ourselves. Good for you. And so once you have to accept grace for yourself on a daily basis, it's pretty easy to start handing out to everybody else. Amen. That's awesome. You can't give what you don't have, huh? No, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, that is awesome. I wish, uh, and that really convicts me to, because I I don't let people complain about their wives in my groups. But I think we should take it maybe even a step further and say, let's really limit even how much we talk about our wives, because what's the point? You know what I'm saying? I want to ask. You can only change yourself. Right. That's right. You can't change the other person. You can love them, even if they're being messy, but you can't change them. Now, um, I'm, I'm curious about a couple things as we uh, start to wind down here. If I'm a listener, what would be some signs that I should pay attention to that I might have a problem with, with sexual addiction for females? Um, I think that if uh, you're tr- either trying to avoid having uh, sex with your spouse um, your uh, communication with your spouse is um, getting replaced by uh, romance novels, friendships, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, those are probably the biggest mm-hmm. things. And then if you have issues with masturbating and um, like for me, I couldn't, my thought life was so tied to abuse issues that mm-hmm. um, I knew something was wrong, but I'd avoided thinking through that, right. you know, my whole life. So. So that avoidance, it's its kind of like uh, people that deal with anorexia nervosa or food anorexia. Sometimes in a marriage, we can intentionally or subconsciously sabotage the intimacy in our relationship in kind of a sexual or relational anorexic kind of way where we're depriving ourselves of the intimacy that we need, don't we? Oh, exactly. Well, and then um, I know for me, like I was um, probably more aggressive actually sexually in my marriage um, and that's kind of how it played out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was married to an anorexic. Mm-hmm. So um, we, our sicknesses kind of like played together in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so sexually acting in or what we understand as sexual anorexia uh, is a form of sexual addiction. It looks very different. But what do some of those behaviors look like? You mentioned avoiding. You mentioned escaping. What are some other things? Um, a lot of times there's outside addictions that look pretty innocent. Um, I had a spouse that actually went in cycles of, um, but they were all very isolated issues of, um, you know, computer time. Um, then there was music time. Um, there was uh, working outside, mm-hmm. working at work. There mm-hmm. was there was always something going on, but it was all very innocent. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until we realized the whole cycle of it of, you know, that it was actually to avoid intimacy. Mm, right. You know, or we could understand some of those things as soft addictions, maybe. But mm-hmm. here's the deal, folks. And Mike, you know, we're going to have to do a whole show on soft addictions sometimes, because what is the word addiction, really? It's really sin. Mm-hmm. If we're believers, we're following the, the living God. Addiction means sin. So if we're choosing an addiction or if we're choosing to remain in an addictive pattern, we are repetitively choosing sin. I don't care if you think of it, you know, and don't let me confuse you. When I say soft addiction, that doesn't mean sin light, okay, or diet sin, all right? There's no such thing, folks. Sin is sin is sin. 
right? Yeah, addiction just means we let sin have control over our lives. Yeah, yeah, not good. Well, I just want to tell you, I'm just really impressed by your ministry. And um, I'm just, in closing really quick here, Michelle, um, you've already mentioned your email address. And and listeners, if you want to get a hold of Michelle, uh, do that by email at shellssunshine at yahoo.com. That's S-H-E-L-S, sunshine at yahoo.com. And what do you think God is doing in closing here uh, in the big picture of things? Why bother? And, and in fact, even talk about this. What do you say to the person who says, you're just making something out of nothing here? Um, well, for me, I have found that, like, in my past, I thought I was living, and I wasn't living at all. Mm. And the freedom that I'm walking in now, um, I would never choose to go back to death. Mm. And I didn't, I wasn't allowed, I hadn't cried for 20 years, Um and I get to feel joy, you know, sorrow, grief, happiness. I get to feel everything yeah. now. Awesome. No more band-aids. No more band-aids. That's awesome. So he's letting you feel the full range of feelings. He's letting you walk in freedom. And so here he is helping you in the micro sense. What do you think he's doing on the macro level? Um, I think that um, uh, the church in general has... Um, really allowed people to wear masks. Mm. And I think that, um, why is that? Um, just as I think people feel obligated to, if they say they're a Christian to appear like they have no sin. Mm. And I think a lot of times, um, they don't want to address the sin issues. Wow. Well, God clearly has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love a spirit of power, and a spirit of sound mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, church, be the church. Don't be afraid. Let's be real with each other, just like you have today, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And thank you for being so real. So, folks, we're going to wrap up here. But just a reminder, The Blazing Grace Show is trying to adventure through new frontiers. We're like uh, wanting to go on the the internet alive. We're wanting to expand the show to an hour and, and do live call-ins. And we want to go on to different markets. And now we can support that mission uh, and get a tax deduction by doing that. So Mike, with just the 30 seconds we have, can you tell them a little bit about how they can help out? We're listener supported in a 501c3 corp. So for information how to support this ministry, go to www.blazinggrace.org. Amen. We'd love to have your support. So tune in next week when we talk about homosexuality with Exodus International's President Alan Chambers. Thanks for tuning in to The Blazing Grace Show. Thanks for listening to The Blazing Grace Show. We'd like to thank our sponsors, AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes.com. Remember, for unlimited conference calling, go to AffordableConferencing.com or call toll-free 888 968 6186. For your 15-day risk-free internet filtering trial, or to learn more about SafeEyes, visit their website. It's SafeEyes.com or call 877-944-8080. That's AffordableConferencing.com at 888-968-6186 and SafeEyes.com at 877-944-8080. If you'd like a downloadable copy of today's broadcast, visit blazinggrace.org. Or if you'd like more information about the show, send your email to mike at blazinggrace.org. 
If you need to speak with a therapist, nationwide you can dial Rob McIntyre at 877-593-1166 or Jason Graves at 877-590-7685. That's Rob at 877-593-1166 or Jason at 877-590-7685. We hope you tune in next time for more Blazing Issues and grace-filled answers on The Blazing Grace Show.